Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Shall we just pray? It's only a few thoughts I have this morning um, that I want to bring. Something we've probably heard many times, but you know, I trust God can even speak through His Word. Well, I know God will speak through His Word as we open our hearts to him this morning. Lord, we thank you that we can be in your presence this morning. We thank you that we have such a privilege. We thank you, Lord, for the time that we've come to worship you. And Lord, we pray as we look at your word this morning that we will have open hearts and you will speak directly to us, Lord Jesus. Whatever our circumstances, whatever our situation, Lord, you can uh, go right into the very centre of our hearts. And Lord, we pray that your word Lord, we'll, we'll go deep this morning and we'll bear much fruit from what you tell us in your precious name. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the, the daily reading of your word. We thank you for what it means to each and every one of us, the way that you speak to us on a daily basis. So, Lord, will you speak to us this morning? May the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight this morning, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you've been with us over the last few Sunday evenings then you know we've been looking um, at revival with Pastor Luke and with Jeremy and various people who've ministered on a, su- a Sunday night and we've looked at revival what it is who it affects how it comes about what can hinder it and we've started to look at some of the past revivals to stimulate or motivate us to once again as church cry out to God and revive his church in our generation that's what we've been doing we've been looking at the subject of revival and we're now looking at some of the past revivals that have taken place you know the thing that struck me most when i heard the last couple of evenings especially and no doubt others with me that we've heard about some of the in some of the past revivals is that god has taken seemingly nobodies from seemingly nowhere to bring about his plans and purposes to cause a spiritual awakening. You know, and this isn't a phenomenon, this isn't something of a modern age thing that God does, but if we look through the, both the Old and the New Testament, God takes often, uh, often takes hold of the small, the insignificant, the weak perhaps failing, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, as they surrender to him, he transforms them into mighty men and women to bring about salvation and deliverance. And we could spend a lot of time this morning perhaps naming and thinking of those situations, but I'm sure we all know, as we think about it, we can think of characters that come to mind who God has taken from the small setting and made them great in God's kingdom. And there's just one of these characters that we're going to have a look at this morning, a young person who was hidden away or kept away from the limelight, you know, but but God's heart was toward him. And as he took hold of him, he not only turned his own life upside down, but he turned the life of the world around him upside down as well. And his name is David. I'm sure we've all heard many, many stories on the life of David. But God saw something special in David. God saw David, he saw his heart. You know, and I've heard many... um, perhaps sermons in the past on it, but you know, the the phrase that came to me while I was perhaps preparing something to bring this morning was that, you know, when God, when all around saw 
David, they saw him as a shepherd boy. But you know, when David saw him, and when God saw David, he saw a king. You know, it was a God's perspective on this situation. When everybody else saw David as a small shepherd boy, God saw a king. You know, and I'm sure we've all got understanding this morning. If we know Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, if we've asked forgiveness of sins and we've invited him into our lives, that God has a plan. Robert uh, prayed it this morning. God has a plan and purpose for our lives, which doesn't have temporary consequences. It doesn't just affect our life now. And sometimes we live that way, don't we? We live as if this is all we've got. This is all the time we've got. But, you know, God wants to do something in us that has an eternal purpose, that has an eternal consequence and significance. And it's like David's. And like David's, you know, we've got a royal appointment this morning. Now, these few points that I've got this morning, it's not um, the way that the, the world looks at things, it's a success. It's not a plan how to get from point A, B, and perhaps an office junior to a marketing executive. That's not what the kingdom of God is about. You know, God can use our careers, can't he, in his purposes and plans, but it's far greater than that. Our plan and purpose that God has for our life is his purpose to extend his kingdom to bring him glory. And that's what we are here for this morning, aren't we? It's his purpose on our lives, his plan in our lives to extend his kingdom. And as I said, that's an eternal significance and consequence. The majority of the time, you know, as it was with David, it's not, it's a journey to become all that God wants us to be. You know, David wasn't a shepherd boy one day, and next day he became king. He was anointed, he was anointed in his own home. And after that, Samuel went back to where he came from. There wasn't a great fanfare, there was no celebration. Samuel came into the home of David's dad anointed David, and we'll go through that in a little bit, he anointed David there and then, and he set him apart, and he set him on a path he did, meeting various challenges and experiences that finally were taken to the day that he's anointed king of Israel. You know, it's the same for each one of us, you know, this, the journey that we're on, the plan that God for, has for us, is often we go through times of preparation, of learning, of experiencing, meeting challenges, overcoming obstacles you know it's a time sometimes of proving God and as God prepares each stage of the journey he promises us his presence he promises us his direction his strength all we need to bring about all that he's got for each and every one of us and as we look at some aspects of David's life let's see the promises that God gave to him let's see what God promises to us just the same just in our purpose just in our calling as he's called us to use us to partner with him in extending his kingdom. Now we will look at a few verses as we go along, but we'll just have a quick recap on the life or part of the life of David. I'm sure we're all familiar with it, but you know in Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 8, we read the children of Israel came to Samuel the prophet to request a king. They were rejecting God as their king and they wanted to be like all the other nations. Now, Samuel, the prophet, he heard them, but he tried to warn them, but they weren't having any of it. They weren't having any of it. So God said to Samuel, do as they say and give them a king. Even though God had been with them through them leaving 
Egypt through many, many situations, heading them up, taking them, preparing the people who rejected him. And they wanted to be like everybody else. They wanted to do it their way. Now, a little while after that, a man named Saul is anointed king and he reigns for 42 years. But you know, through his disobedience, we read God rejects him as king over his nation. Then God tells Samuel that he's a, a chosen successor to Saul, a successor after his own heart from the family of Jesse in Bethlehem. And that's where we kick in with perhaps the, the story that we're going to have a look at this moment in time. Samuel leaves where he is in Ramah and he goes to Bethlehem to the home of Jesse to find the son that God has sought out and prepared to be the king of Israel. And you know, there's a process. We know uh, Jesse had eight sons. I don't think there's anybody here with eight sons here this morning, is there? But Jesse had a big family. He had eight sons. And um, one by one, he presented them before Samuel the, prophet, Samuel the prophet to anoint as king, from the oldest to the, the, the biggest in stature, through what he thought was he was looking at who would be the right candidate to be the king of England. The king of England. <laughs> king of Israel. <laughs> but you know, David, he didn't even bother bringing David into the household, did he? He left David out in the field looking after the sheep while this process was going on. You know, but we hear in, in Samuel, when chapter 16, it says, uh, verse 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't use the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He was looking at David's heart. We then go on to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I suppose the greatest story that we know of David, story of David and Goliath, where he meets the Philistine champion, Goliath, and bringing him down literally with five, well, one of the five smooth stones and his sling. Now, David, at that time, after he brought Goliath down, he's celebrated as Israel's hero, but he still isn't king at that point in time, but he's well on his way, he's underway on his journey to becoming king of Israel. You know, in the journey that David experienced, he encountered love, he encountered betrayal, he encountered challenges, he encountered fears, he encountered victories and defeats, he encountered celebrations, he encountered grief, he encountered blessings, he encountered the feeling of abandonment or abandonment, he, he actually experienced failures, so many highs and lows, you know, and as I've read through that list, I'm sure every one of us can raise our hands even through our life as we've been on our Christian journey, we've experienced the thing, same things that David did. You know, David actually wrote about them, didn't he? He penned them in his experiences. If you read the Psalms, there are so many of David's experiences. You know, whether he was on a high or whether as he, as he was at his very lowest, they are what he penned. You know, but every experience that David had and every experience that we go through has value in making who we are in God. And it had value in making him a king. You know, God weaves every experience that we go through, everything that comes across our path, 
into bringing his purpose about for our lives. So what may you say we, have we got in da- common with David this morning? You know, this is, is a little shepherd boy in the land of Israel. You know, we're in Abraman, we're perhaps not as young as David, different backgrounds. But you know, there's cer- certain similarities that we can look at this morning about God's call on David's life, which is the same to each and every one of us as we are here. You know, there's a call on everybody's life here this morning. Nobody is, of, uh, is forgotten or by the wayside or left of the limelight. There's a call on your life, on your life this morning. And as I said, it may be not success, you know, in, in what the world thinks of as value and success, but, you know, in the kingdom of God, we all have a part to play. We've all got a purpose and a value. So what have we got in common with David, as I said, this morning? Well, first of all, we are chosen. David was chosen. As I already read a few minutes ago, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then in 1 Samuel 16, Verse 11, if you want to turn to 1 Samuel 16, I'll be reading quite a few little passages from there. 1 Samuel 16, verse 11 to 13. It says, Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the field watching the sheep's, sheeps, sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took a flask of oil. He had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. I've said God doesn't choose this man with choose. He's not taken up at all with our outward appearance, but he looks directly into our heart. You know, man chooses. If the choice is given to man, he chooses the best. He chooses the strongest. He chooses the most attractive. He chooses the one with the most experience. He chooses charisma. That's what man would choose when he looks at someone. But, you know, God chooses. He looks at the heart. You know, we were talking about this in our um, connect group the other night. What is the heart? You know, it's not the heart is, yes, this thing that pumps around on this side of your body, the, the blood, and, and gives life to you. But, you know, when the scripture speaks about the heart, it speaks to so much more than this organ in our body. It speaks about our very being, our very self, our soul, who we are. And God looks deep into who we are this morning. You know, God is interested in our heart. You know, it said earlier in Samuel that God was looking for a man after his own heart, but, but God wanted to choose somebody who was looking directly into his heart, and he wanted someone he knew he could trust for the, king, the kingdom, the, uh, the Israel kingdom at that time. But he wanted so much more than that. God looks into our hearts this morning. He looks to see if we've got willing hearts. He looks to see if we've got faithful hearts. He looks if we've got repentant hearts. You know, there's so much that he looks, which is to do with ourselves, our character this morning, that God can take and use. You know, David was chosen. You know, sometimes it's not very pleasant when you aren't chosen, is it? You know, I remember, as I said, 
as Cat mentioned it before, I was not very good at sports in school. I was okay. I could manage, you know, when you were to play a game or something. But, you know, when they were choosing sides, I was always, you know, they choose a captain for each side first, and then you choose your teams, you know, and then they'd be choosing perhaps their friends, perhaps they were choosing the strongest, perhaps they were choosing somebody they'd be afraid of if they didn't choose them, you know. That was the sort of choices. And I was always left in the last few to be chosen because I knew I wasn't very good at it in a sense. So, you know, it's not very nice being not chosen this morning, isn't it? But we can rest assured this morning we're never in that position with God. He has chosen us. He set his affections on each and every one this morning. As I said, when everybody else looked around at David, they only saw a shepherd boy. But God saw the king. God has chosen you and me this morning. He chose us in salvation. He chose to save us. And he chose us to draw himself to bring us into relationship with him. And he chooses to use us. And that amazes us even more. That he chooses us to use us in the extension of his kingdom. You know, God is God. He's sovereign. He's king of kings and lord of lords. Any plan that he put into place would have been plan A. But, you know, God has chosen to use each and every one of us. No matter how small and significant how many times we fail, you know, by the grace of God, he chooses to pick us up and use us. God uses imperfect vessels to bring about his perfect, his purposes. In 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it, it says, but you were not like that, that means people who, who don't obey God's word, for you were a chosen people, you were royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. You know, we're not our own this morning. We belong to God. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Even before he made the world, he knew you, he had a plan for you, and he had a purpose for you, even before he made the world. That's mind-blowing this morning, isn't it? You know, sometimes you read over these verses, and we just, because we've become familiar with the words, we just read them and, and we become, you know, when we stop and think sometimes of, of the verses that, that the, the men have penned, that God, by the Holy Spirit, inspired men, you know, even before he made the world. He thought of you. He chose you. You know, it doesn't matter how others view us this morning or value you this morning. It doesn't matter what they've spoken to your life. It doesn't matter what they've spoken over your life. You were chosen by Almighty God. You've an incredible value in the eyes of the Heavenly Father. You know, he's not looking at appearance this morning. He's not looking at our qualifications. He's not looking at our abilities. He's not looking about at how much money we make what connections we have, you know, they are all temporal things. But, you know, he's looking at the internal deposit he has in each and every one of us, in our hearts. Like David, we've been chosen for a royal appointment. We may not have a lineage this morning. I don't know if anybody's got a line to the throne this morning. I don't see any hands up, you know. But this morning, we've got a royal appointment in the kingdom of God. We are sons and daughters, heirs, kings and priests. You know, we're exalted this morning by grace. That's how we've got there this morning. Nothing of ourselves. We heard that this morning, isn't it, through the Lord? You know, it's nothing that we're in right standing with the Lord this morning. There's nothing 
of our works, nothing of who we are, it's all because of him. You know, the plan and purpose we have for our lives is nothing of ourselves. It's all of him by grace. We've been exalted by grace. So firstly, we're chosen this morning like David. Secondly, David was equipped. You know, we know the story, as I said, of, story, uh, of the giant Goliath. And David was equipped. People around him looked at him and didn't think he was equipped. equipped. They tried to put him in an armor. They tried to put him in Saul's armor. But you know what God put in his hand was enough for him to get the job done. So it wasn't a case of lack of equipment in David's case. He had the right equipment, the one that God had provided for him. You know, he was equipped with all he needed to do the job, job done. You know, five stones, it says, he picked up. Only one it took out of the five stones and a small sling. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 40, he picked up five smooth stones from the streams and put them in the shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. And again in 1 Samuel 17, verse 48, it reads, As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used to kill him and cut off his head. Now, God equips us with both natural abilities and giftings he's deposited in us and with all the spiritual equipment that we need as well. You know, Ephesians 6, we read of the armour that God has prepared for each and every one of us, the spiritual armour we have, because we're not fighting against flesh and blood, do we? Our enemies that come against us aren't that of a natural human descent, you know, but in Ephesians 6, verse 12, it says, for we're not fighting against blood, flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And again in 2 Peter 1 verse 3, it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. God has given you everything this morning. He's given me everything we need this morning to live a godly life, to live before him. To serve him. You know, God's got a job or a task for every one of us to do, and He's given us all that we need to do it. He's given us a manual as well, isn't He? He's given us the Word of God. You know, even as I said about David going through all the various experiences until he eventually became king of Israel, you know, those experiences and challenges, they help to shape and help us and equip us in becoming all that God has us, wants us to be. And they, those experiences and challenges helped and shaped and equipped David to become king. You know, some of us, all of us, not some of us, you know, God has deposited giftings, abilities, characteristics, experiences. Nothing goes to waste in God's kingdom and the kingdom of God. He equips us to carry out the calling on our lives. Now, I can't do what you do. You can't do what I do. You know, I've got one daughter, she's a teacher and a husband as well as they're both in education. I mean, I work in a school, but I can't do what they do. 
I've got another daughter who's a nurse. I can't do what, what she does. These are natural callings as well. But you know, everybody has got a specific calling. Only you can fulfill. God wants to use you in that calling on your lives. So firstly, like David, we are chosen. God chose David. God chooses us. Secondly, God equipped David for his calling. And God equips us for our calling as well. And thirdly, this morning, we can be assured of this. If we're following God's plan and purpose in our lives, if we're in his will, we can know, like David, God's protection. We are protected. You know, if you read the life of story of David, you know, he had some very, very hairy moments, some which I doubt we've ever come across, you know, um, in, in his life and experience, you know, but God protected him in each of his experiences. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 34, this was the account with Goliath Eden. Verse 34 to 38, it reads, this was David's experience before he ever came against Goliath. David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. And in verse 45, it's, uh, verse 45 same chapter, it says, David replied to the Philistine Goliath, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David was continually, through his life, if you read through the following chapters, even, and even after he was king, you know, he was continually hunted down, he was continually under attack. You know, he spent a lot of his time in hiding as well. You know, he knew what it was to feel the force of the enemy. But you know, David recognized where his protection came from. He didn't, uh, he realized it was nothing of himself. He wasn't doing the protecting, but it was all of God. And he pens that in Psalm 121. It says, I will look up to the mountains. I will look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. He watches over us this morning. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. He stands beside us this morning as our protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. You know, the only thing that stops us from fulfilling the plan that God has for us, in a sense, is ourselves, isn't it? Because God has promised protection for us while we carry out his plans and his purposes. No outside force. Doesn't mean that we ever we never come under attack. Never mean that we know a force of an enemy against us. It doesn't mean that we never know a difficulty or a trouble, but God has promised to protect us. Do you believe that this morning? 
you know, that we've got protection this morning. God is Jehovah Nissi this morning, which is the Lord, our banner. You know, and that was the promise he made to the children of Israel, you know, as they were going, he promised to direct them and he promised to protect them as well. He was Jehovah Nissi to them and he's Jehovah Nissi to us this morning. You know, if God has called us to a position this morning, he'll be with us to protect us both as we journey towards that position and while we're in the position as well. And we, or we can rely on trusting this morning for our royal appointment. You know, in Romans 8, verse 31, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? You know, I need to take that on board every day of my life. You know, it's difficult, as I said, sometimes we read these, they become so um, familiar with us, we can say them off path parrot fashion but we've got to know it down in here do we we've got to know it deep in our hearts if God is for us if God has put you in a position if God has put you in a place man can't take you from that position God can take you from that position but only man man can't take you from that position because God has promised his protection over your life while you are serving him now as you read through the Psalms you see how many times God recognized David recognizes God as his protection. You know, if you read the Psalms, David calls him his refuge, he calls him his fortress, he calls him his deliverer, his shield. These are all things of protection, isn't it? David knew what it was. He knew what his, his calling was going to be, and he knew the protection of God. You know, as I said, they were written out of times of experience. His protection was written out of times of experience, not just knowledge. I know God is a protector. God, uh, David knew from his very self that God was his protector. He had enemies on his journey to be king, and he had enemies when he was king, but he knew he had God's promise of protection. And lastly, this morning, David was appointed into the position of king, the king of Israel. If we read in 2 Samuel chapter 5, in the first few verses, Then all the tribes of Israel went to David at Hebron and told him, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, when Saul was our king, you were the one who really led the forces of Israel. And the Lord told you, You will be the shepherd of my people Israel. You will be Israel's leader. So there at Hebron, King David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel, and they anointed him king of Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 40 years in all. He had reigned over Judah from Hebron for seven years and six months and from Jerusalem he reigned over Israel and Judah for 33 years and they anointed him king of Israel. It was a royal appointment. He was chosen, he was equipped, he was protected and he was appointed. God fulfilled the promise over David's life. You know, he was taken from a position of shepherding sheep to shepherding the whole nation of Israel. He was by no means perfect. You know, we read of the life of David. You know, he committed many sins, you know, but he was one who knew how to be repentant and ask for forgiveness. You know, he committed murder. He committed adultery, failed God. He disobeyed God. But as I said, he knew what it was to repent and throw himself on God for forgiveness. He was in a position 
of grace. You know, sometimes we feel we're not good enough. God may have got a call in our lives, but we are not good enough, perhaps. You know, we could have written ourselves off because of perhaps a past sin or failure. Or even because we haven't seen God's promise come to pass or realized in our life, we think perhaps God's given up on us, you know, he's, he's given up on our, his purpose for our life. You know, sometimes we look at our lives and we think we're in a shepherding sheep position, you know, and God had promised us uh, uh, to, to walk into greater things with him, you know, and sometimes we look at ourselves. But, you know, God, you know, don't be discouraged this morning. It's all, as, as we heard last week, you know, it's all in God's perfect timing, his plan and purpose. And as we said, you know, the kingdom of God isn't built the way the world. You know, God's, not everybody in God's kingdom will be a success or be hailed in, in the world, will they, as a success, a success? Because the kingdom of God's values are so different from the, the values of this world. We've looked at it in connect groups and we, we are part of an upside-down kingdom this morning. You know, the greatest in the kingdom will be the greatest server in, in the kingdom of God is the one who serves, isn't it? You know, so... So we don't, sometimes we can view even our spiritual um, journey on a natural level with success. Now, but God doesn't look at that. It's a totally different way of looking at our lives. Now, God asks us to be faithful in the small things, isn't it? He values us. Whatever role, everybody has a role to play. He values each and every one of us. Now, so far, we've looked at David, and we can see that there's a lot on God's part, isn't it, to this? God chose him, God equipped him, God protected him, and God appointed him. We could say, God, it's all over to you. But you know, there is a part for us to play as well. You know, if there's a contract, if we've ever signed a contract, there's two parties in the agreement, isn't it? One party agrees to do this and this, and that means the other party agrees to do the other part, and that's when you enter into a contract. Now, God has promised to choose us. He's promised to equip us. He's promised to protect us. He's promised to appoint us. But our part, what's our part this morning? We surrender. I surrender. We submit our ways and our, idea, our ideas and our agenda, our resources and our ability and our talents, everything we are this morning. Our part in all this is that we surrender. David surrendered his life. He wants a willing heart committed to him. And that's the importance for, uh, that's the purpose for our lives. Now, when we submit, we hand over, we rely, we trust. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes we're in circumstances of, and part of the journey that may even baffle us how we even got to that place. You know, but God is committed to us, and in return, we commit to Him. You know, He's committed to us with His love, His purpose, and direction. As I said, David failed on many occasions, you know, but he knew what it was to repent. And you know, this morning, if we feel as if we've gone off track with God, if we've failed him, you know what, all we need to do this morning is to simply come back with a repentant heart and say sorry. He, God doesn't wipe us off. He doesn't say, you know, you used to be failed in that area in your life before. I can't use you again. You know, but we have a true repentant heart this morning. Then God wants to use us. Now that's the story of salvation, isn't it? It's a story of restoration, not of condemnation, but of restoration. So if we have failed this morning, if we feel as if we've gone our own way or a different way, not seeking God in his will. You know, we can come back to him this morning because there's forgiveness. 
You know, also there's no retirement, there's no, you know, everyone that there's no age. When God has called you, when God has chosen you to be part of his kingdom, there's no age of retirement. Now, my age of retirement is getting further and further away. You know, he was 60, now he's 65, then he's 67, he could be, six, I think he's 67 now. No, no more for us, is there? No. But the younger they are, those days are even going even longer, aren't they, of retirement? No, but in God's kingdom, no, there is no retirement this morning. So if you're thinking of giving up because you're too old, there's no retirement this morning in God's kingdom. Now, you may be discouraged, as I said this morning, in what's happening or what's not happening in your state, start, uh, part of your journey this morning. You could even be baffled on what's, what's going on, Lord. You know, you, I thought this was the way that you wanted me to go. But, you know, you can be assured this morning as you will surrender and you submit your will to him this morning, he will bring about those promises and plans and purposes in your life, even though at this moment in time you don't see anything of significance happening. Now, we can look around at all these empty seats this morning, can't we? We can look at everyone and, and perhaps be discouraged and think there was nothing significant, significant happening this morning. But, you know, we're not looking at that this morning. We're looking to God this morning, aren't we? The one who's promised. He is the one who's promised, and he is faithful to his promise this morning, that he will fulfill his plans and purposes, not only for our own lives, but for the life of this church. Because that's what church is. It's made up of individual people, isn't it? Serving and desiring and, and longing after God this morning. So just be reminded this morning, as we've looked at David this morning, you too, we've been chosen like David was chosen. God has equipped us for every part of our journey, wherever he actually, we uh, work to, for his purposes in his kingdom. He's equipped us this morning. We have everything we need this morning to carry out all that God wants us to do for him. He's protected us this morning. We can know his protection this morning. Nothing can take us off course if, if, if his hand is on us. You know, underneath the everlasting arms, he talks about, so there's somebody under us. He walks beside us. He's by the side of us. And then we, we know about all the things about him being our protector as well. We're totally in, 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 what's the word? enclosed, encompassed around, encompassed around by God this morning, aren't we? And we are appointed. You know, we may not be kings and, and princes and kings or whatever, or anything of any significance in the, this world. But, you know, we are children of God this morning. We are kings and priests. We've been chosen this morning. We have a significance and a value in the kingdom of God. And what do we need to do this morning for all that to take place in our lives, for, for God to have his praise and glory? We need to surrender. We need to submit to him this morning with all that we are. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.